Welcome to Bible News Press. Our goal is to discuss biblical faith beyond cliches and buzzwords, whether such words are religious or political. Sometimes we sit around the table and fellowship. Sometimes we do a little time travel. It is all part of our journey with our Abba Father, who has given us the key to life. We do it with Jesus, and we do it together. Welcome. Hello, I'm Laura. I will be reading Ezekiel chapters 12 and 13 from the World English Bible. Yahweh's word also came to me, saying, Son of man, you dwell in the middle of the rebellious house, who have eyes to see and don't see, who have ears to hear and don't hear, for they are a rebellious house. Therefore, you, son of man, prepare your stuff for moving, and move by day in their sight. You shall move from your place to another place in their sight. It may be they will consider, though they are a rebellious house. You shall bring out your stuff by day in their sight as stuff for moving. You shall go out yourself at evening in their sight as when men go out into exile. Dig through the wall in their sight and carry your stuff out that way. In their sight you shall bear it on your shoulder and carry it out in the dark. You shall cover your face so that you don't see the land, for I have set you for a sign to the house of Israel. I did so as I was commanded. I brought out my stuff by day as stuff for moving, and in the evening I dug through the wall with my hand. I brought it out in the dark and bore it on my shoulder in their sight. In the morning Yahweh's word came to me, saying, Son of man, hasn't the house of Israel, the rebellious house, said to you, What are you doing? Say to them, The Lord Yahweh says, This burden concerns the prince in Jerusalem and all the house of Israel among whom they are. Say, I am your sign, as I have done, so will it be done to them. They will go into exile, into captivity. The prince who is among them will bear on his shoulder in the dark and will go out. They will dig through the wall to carry things out that way. He will cover his face because he will not see the land with his eyes. I will also spread my net on him and he will be taken in my snare. I will bring him to Babylon to the land of the Chaldeans, yet he will not see it, though he will die there. I will scatter toward every wind all who are around him to help him and all his bands. I will draw out the sword after them. They will know that I am Yahweh when I disperse them among the nations and scatter them through the countries. But I will leave a few men of them from the sword, from the famine, and from the pestilence, that they may declare all their abominations among the nations where they come. Then they will know that I am Yahweh. Moreover, Yahweh's word came to me, saying, Son of man, eat your bread with quaking, and drink your water with trembling, and with fearfulness. Tell the people of the land, The Lord Yahweh says concerning the inhabitants of Jerusalem and the land of Israel, They will eat their bread with fearfulness, and drink their water in dismay, that her land may be desolate, and all that is therein, because of the violence of all those who dwell therein. The cities that are inhabited will be laid waste, and the land will be a desolation. Then you will know that I am Yahweh. Yahweh's word came to me, saying, Son of man, what is this proverb that you have in the land of Israel, saying, The days are prolonged and every vision fails? 
Tell them, therefore, the Lord Yahweh says, I will make this proverb to cease, and they will no more use it as a proverb in Israel. But tell them, the days are at hand and the fulfillment of every vision, for there will be no more any false vision nor flattering divination within the house of Israel, for I am Yahweh. I will speak, and the word that I speak will be performed. It will be no more deferred, for in your days, rebellious house, I will speak the word and will perform it, says the Lord Yahweh. Again, Yahweh's word came to me, saying, Son of man, behold, they of the house of Israel say, The vision that he sees is for many days to come, and he prophesies of times that are far off. Therefore tell them, The Lord Yahweh says, None of my words will be deferred any more, but the word which I speak will be performed, says the Lord Yahweh. Yahweh's word came to me, saying, Son of man, prophesy against the prophets of Israel who prophesy, and say to those who prophesy out of their own heart, Hear Yahweh's word. The Lord Yahweh says, Woe to the foolish prophets who follow their own spirit and have seen nothing. Israel, your prophets have been like foxes in the waste places. You have not gone up into the gaps or built up the wall for the house of Israel to stand in the battle in Yahweh's day. They have seen falsehood and lying divination who say, Yahweh says, but Yahweh has not sent them. They have made men to hope that the word would be confirmed. Haven't you seen a false vision and haven't you spoken a lying divination in that you say, Yahweh says, but I have not spoken? Therefore the Lord Yahweh says, because you have spoken falsehood and seen lies, therefore behold, I am against you, says the Lord Yahweh. My hand will be against the prophets who see false visions and who utter lying divinations. They will not be in the council of my people, neither will they be written in the writing of the house of Israel, neither will they enter into the land of Israel. Then you will know that I am the Lord Yahweh. Because, even because they have seduced my people, saying, Peace, and there is no peace. When one builds up a wall, behold, they plaster it with whitewash. Tell those who plaster it with whitewash, that it will fall, there will be an overflowing shower, and you, great hailstones, will fall. A stormy wind will tear it. Behold, when the wall has fallen, won't it be said to you, Where is the plaster with which you have plastered it? Therefore the Lord Yahweh says, I will even tear it with a stormy wind in my wrath. There will be an overflowing shower in my anger, and great hailstones in wrath to consume it. So I will break down the wall that you have plastered with whitewash and bring it down to the ground so that its foundation will be uncovered. It will fall and you will be consumed in the middle of it. Then you will know that I am Yahweh. Thus I will accomplish my wrath on the wall and on those who have plastered it with whitewash. I will tell you, the wall is no more, neither those who plastered it. To wit, the prophets of Israel who prophesy concerning Jerusalem and who see visions of peace for her, and there is no peace, says the Lord Yahweh. You, son of man, set your face against the daughters of your people who prophesy out of their own heart, and prophesy against them and say, The Lord Yahweh says, Woe to the women who sew pillows on all elbows and make kerchiefs for the head of persons of every stature to hunt souls. Will you hunt the souls of my people 
and save souls alive for yourselves. You have profaned me among my people for handfuls of barley and for pieces of bread to kill the souls who should not die and to save the souls alive who should not live by your lying to my people who listen to lies. Therefore, the Lord Yahweh says, Behold, I am against your pillows, with which you hunt the souls to make them fly, and I will tear them from your arms. I will let the souls go, even the souls whom you hunt, to make them fly. I will also tear your kerchiefs and deliver my people out of your hand, and they will be no more in your hand to be hunted. Then you will know that I am Yahweh, because with lies you have grieved the heart of the righteous, whom I have not made sad, and strengthened the hands of the wicked, that he should not return from his wicked way and be saved alive. Therefore you shall no more see false visions, nor practice divination. I will deliver my people out of your hand. Then you will know that I am Yahweh. That is the end of chapters 12 and 13. So beginning in verse 2 of chapter 12 here, we have again this idea of them having eyes but not using them, of having ears but not using them to hear. This is reminiscent of Ezekiel chapter 2, verses 3 and 5, but also Jeremiah 5.21. With verse 3, we have Ezekiel beginning to perform going into captivity for those who are still in Jerusalem. There are versions of this prophecy also in Jeremiah 32.4, and its fulfillment is recorded in Jeremiah 52 verses 9 through 11 and 2 Kings 25 verses 4 through 7, including the digging through the wall that he talks about in verse 7 by night and the scattering of his soldiers around him. To me, verse 12, when it talks about the prince carrying his own things, that seems to indicate how low and desperate the prince has come to his, in this situation. And then in verse 15, it talks about a scattering to many nations. So again, referring back to more than just Babylon. In Zechariah 7.14, he talks about something similar. In verse 14, he says, But I scattered them with a whirlwind among all the nations which they had not known. And this is from the New King James Version. And at the beginning of chapter 7, it says that this is in the fourth year of King Darius that the word of the Lord came to Zechariah. And in verse 5, he specifically says, Say to all the people of the land and to the priests, when you fasted and mourned in the fifth and seventh month, during those 70 years, did you really fast for me? So this is speaking to the nation of Israel after the Babylonian captivity and talking about another dispersion. But going back specifically to the prophecy about King Zedekiah here, in Ezekiel 12, 13, it says, I will bring him to Babylon, to the land of the Chaldeans, yet he will not see it, though he will die there. And then if you look at the account in 2 Kings 25, you see that the king of Babylon blinded him after he killed his sons in front of him, so that would be the last thing he remembered, and then took him to Babylon. So this prophecy is very literally fulfilled. Verse 19 reminds them again that this is happening because of their violence. But verse 22 points out that it is God's patience and timing that have made it seem to take so long, but they've been misunderstood and they've been taken advantage of. In fact, in Zephaniah chapter 1, 
verse 12, when Zephaniah is prophesying during the time of Josiah, he says, And it shall come to pass at that time that I will search Jerusalem with lamps and punish the men who are settled in complacency, who say in their heart, The Lord will not do good, nor will he do evil. In Luke chapter 21, verse 33, Jesus admonishes people that heaven and earth will pass away, but my words, his words, will by no means pass away. The same attitude is dealt with in 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 3 through 13, where it says, Knowing this first, that scoffers will come in the last days, walking according to their own lusts, and saying, Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. For this they willingly forget that by the word of God the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of water and in the water, by which the world that then existed perished, being flooded with water. But the heavens and the earth, which are now preserved by the same word, are reserved for fire until the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. But, beloved, do not forget this one thing, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. In Habakkuk 2.3, he addresses this. He says, For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak, and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come, it will not tarry. I believe in context here, tarry means like it won't be tardy, it won't be late, it'll happen when it should. And Isaiah 30, 18 says, Therefore the Lord will wait, that he may be gracious to you, and therefore he will be exalted, that he may have mercy on you. For the Lord is a God of justice, blessed are all those who wait for him. And in Ezekiel 33.11, we will be reminded that God has no pleasure in the death of the wicked. In chapter 13, we hear a lot about false prophets, those who prophesy out of their own hearts. So it's a reminder to us to be sure that if we are speaking for God, that we're not speaking out of our own hearts or minds. These kinds of prophecies bring weakness and not strength, and they're futile. These, peop- these false prophets in particular, Perverse 4, should have been filling the gap. They should have been guarding and make Israel stronger and watching, but they weren't. I think we should pay particular attention to verse 6, where it says, They have seen falsehood and lying divination, who say Yahweh says, but Yahweh has not sent them. They have made men to hope that the word would be confirmed. This puts the lie to the idea that people can just make positive confessions or affirmations of things that are in their own hearts and minds and get what they want just by the power of their own thoughts. In verse 8, it talks about these things seducing people by promising peace where there is none. And there's no peace because of what the people are doing. In both Isaiah 48.22 and 57.21, it makes the point there is no peace for the wicked. And this isn't just because God's chasing them around, not giving them peace. It's because wickedness does not bring peace. And another interesting comparison is Daniel 9.27, where it talks about the false peace covenant that Israel will make with the lawless one. 
And in 1 Thessalonians 5, 3, it says, when they say peace, again, referring to this false peace, then destruction will come upon them. In verse 11, it says that these false prophecies are are weak and pointless. They need truth to hold anything together in life. So when he's using this metaphor of a a whitewash to plaster the wall, it's, it's like using paint to build a wall. In my mind, it just doesn't hold together. And a hailstorm could break such a wall down and um, completely do away with it, complete destruction. So this is all a metaphor of what we know happens in 2 Kings 25, where the city wall will will be broken by the Chaldeans. In verse 17, it's important to recognize that these women are not in trouble because they are prophesying. The issue is, again, false and harmful prophecy. And also, again, making it clear that men and women were all involved in this wickedness and rebellion. There were several examples of godly women who prophesied in the Old and New Testament. We have Miriam, Moses' sister in Exodus 15.20, Deborah in Judges 4.4, Huldah the prophetess in 2 Kings 22.14, Isaiah's wife in Isaiah 8.3, in the New Testament, we have Anna in Luke 2.36 and Philip's four daughters in Acts 21.9. And these women here in Ezekiel aren't just lying and saying false things. They are involved in sorcery. Now, in the World English Bible here, it used the term pillows. And indeed, Young's literal translation says pillows for all joints of the arm. But the New King James translates it as who sell or who sew magic charms for their sleeves. So we have sorcery or witchcraft, whichever we want to call it, and it's not just for show. They were hurting people. They were leading people to death. I'd also like to point out that the word soul here doesn't mean some disembodied thing or a ghost. It's just another way of saying a living human being. And notice in verse 22 that one major concern is that these lying prophets are keeping the wicked from repentance and through repentance finding life in God. So those who lead others into sin seem to have particular judgment. The people are still at fault and held accountable for the fact that they're listening to the lies, but those who are spreading the lies are in bigger trouble. Now, in verse 23, whether they repent or turn to Yahweh or not, they will know who God is. And that reminds me of the book of Revelation where you have a lot of judgments and they know it's God doing it and they still don't repent. So here in these chapters, we have Ezekiel prophesying things that we will find out from the narrative and other places and do get fulfilled. Um in our past history and their future history. So it validates Ezekiel as a prophet. Later, we will get to things that he prophesies that are still in the future. And I am just keeping in mind that even if we don't know exactly, if we can't exactly say what they all mean, the biblical precedent, I believe, is what is said in the New Testament um, by Jesus, that Israel was held accountable for not recognizing the Messiah when he came. So even though we might not be able to say exactly what a prophecy means now, we will be able to recognize things when they occur. And that is all for today. Thanks for listening. That is the Bible News Press segment for today, but not the end of our journey. 